And welcome to the 2016 Chicken Pit Drive-By. Ricky Wittenberg, Andy Waddell, The Hot Pocket, and The Keyboard Warrior, Justin Agile. And we are back in 2016 in the Chicken Pit this year. For all of our listeners, all six of you or eight of you, or how many ever we had the fault of, you know, the, the, the mass of humanity listening to this show last year. What we're going to do this year is just because NASCAR is basically so god-awful week to week, we're not going to do shows week to week because that's just overkill at this point. We're going to do basically probably one show a month, and we will do drive-bys on stuff that we need to do drive-bys on. So we wanted to go ahead and do a drive-by tonight before we do our season preview because there is a couple of hot topics coming up. So we have been gone a while, and uh, I think we were left for dead. But we're, Look out, we t- Tupac. Look out, Tupac. We're, Tupac, we're back. Uh, Justin Edgel, how have you been doing all this time? It seems like we only just talked earlier. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, it's 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 fun to be back. I love talking about NASCAR, even though it, you know, kind of sucked last year. But hopefully, it's better this year. And looking forward to it. Good deal, Andy Waddell, the Hot Pocket himself. Have you sprang from the microwave? I have sprung from the microwave. I have exploded all over the kitchen. I am ready for the chicken pit. What a crossover! <laughs> Dynamite crossover there, Andy. Dynamite. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Danny boy. (laughs) All right. So we have got three hot topic discussions to go over tonight in our little bit of a a drive-by. Nobody nobody could have have that shitty of an outfit. But anyway. Uh, uh, It's debatable. I've seen some weird driver's suits. Um. Topic number one, let's go ahead and hit it right off. We'll start out in the the uh, Camping World Truck Series. And Brian France unveils this bombshell a couple of weeks ago that we are going to have a caution clock in the Truck Series. And without going into a very elaborate detail, basically, if you haven't heard, when the competitors take a green flag um, at most of the tracks there's going to be a clock on the flag stand that starts counting down from 20 minutes. And as soon as the clock hits zero, they're going to throw a caution. And if there's a caution 12 minutes into a run, they'll have the caution, they'll go through it, and it'll, they'll reset the clock again to 20. So it's always going to be a 20-minute clock. If it hits zero, they're going to throw the caution. They have spun this to where they're trying to save the team's money because they'll be able to pit more often under caution and thus not needing as speedy of a pit crew, which is a very flawed freaking statement. And I will explain. Brain dead. Um, I listen as much crap as I give NASCAR, the truck series has been on, on, on some of the one and a half mile tracks, basically due to the, deterioration of the field and not having enough competition. I mean, they keep cutting car counts to try to make sure they have full fields and they're down to like 32 trucks now. And even of the 32 trucks, there's only five to eight that's really worth a damn. And then the rest of them are, are basically field fillers. So 
I will give NASCAR credit for this one. I honestly have no problem at all with the caution clock. I may be one of these WWE fans and artificial drama and all that crap, but honestly, at the end of the day, it is about entertainment, and the truck series does not put the asses in the seats anymore, and it don't put it don't put the butts in the seats because the product on the track's not very good, and a lot of that's NASCAR's fault because they've let the truck series get out of control of spending. However, at least I think this is they should have done something a long time ago to control the spending, but since they couldn't do it that way, they're trying now to patch patch the hole, and I have no problem with it. I I actually welcome a caution clock. At least the truck races will not get so spread out in three or four trucks on the lead lap. Andy, you have not given me an opinion on this ever since that was announced. What do you think? Uh, I, it's about like everything else with NASCAR. They start at the ass end and try to make your way to the head. If they really want to do something like this, I would propose forget the clock. Do like what people like. Do what people like. Do like heat races, you know. And then this can go into the elimination factor that they always want to talk about. After halfway through, cut the field by half, you know. Ten laps to go, stop them again. Only the top 10 cars are left on the track. Let them have a sprint to the finish. If you want to drum it up, the, the caution clock, I mean, come on. NASCAR throws cautions whenever they want to. They could have done this without making it a rule or putting the clock up. Or, I, I don't know. I, once once the genie so far out of the bottle, you can't get it back in there. But, you know, I don't know. It's I, I just don't like the clock idea i think they need to do it more of a structured whittling of the field throughout the race that way you have more of an incentive to run harder the entire time yeah i see i kind of see where you're coming from but you can't eliminate part of the field because the sponsors that do pay to be on tv are not going to like it at all if their truck is eliminated and then not due to having a wreck or because they blew up just because they kind of got eliminated. So I, I see where you're coming from, but I wouldn't take the field down. And I think when you said that NASCAR can make up the cautions whenever they want to, you hit the nail on the head. But that's what they've been doing, and that's the problem. They don't let races play out. They, they haven't for years. They don't do it in the Cup Series. They don't do it in Xfinity. And if you believe that all these cautions are needed, you are sorely mistaken. There are a lot of times... They throw competition cautions just to bunch the field up because they get so spread out. So if they're going to go ahead and manipulate it, at least manipulate it to where, by God, everybody knows when we're being manipulated. I mean, at least, you know, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna screw the people, at least whisper in their ear while you're doing it, and that's what they're doing now. So well, it, they they was something that uh, I believe it was Daryl Walker come up. I heard toward the end of the last year. And yeah, NASCAR, don't get me wrong, NASCAR, they will throw a caution at the drop of a hat if they think the race is getting boring or if it starts looking bad on them. But the other side of that is you've got the drivers with their water bottles. If they need a caution bad enough, they'll wait till they're pulling out in the middle of the straightaway, throw the water bottle out there. You got a debris caution automatically. And his idea was to take and 
anything that goes to that car or goes in that car has to be labeled. And if it's yours that causes it, you're going to the back of the field to stop the drivers from doing it. It won't do nothing for NASCAR's doing it, but you know, at least you can eliminate that part of it. Yeah. Uh, so Justin, I know that, um, apparently you're not a proponent of the caution clock and Andy is kind of against me also. So I'm, uh, I'm out here on the ledge by myself. So yeah, you are. I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't disagree with you more, but because I, to me, I, I've said it, I think on this show several times, I think, I think the, be- the best series or most entertaining series of all three is the truck series. So why, Jack it up, you know. I mean, I, I think the caution clock, the joke, it, it 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 makes it almost like like even a lower series than what it is right now. Like it, it almost reminds me of dirt racing. But I will say this: I will watch the truck. Well, I always watch the truck series because I think it's like I said the most entertaining. But now that Rico Rico Abreu's in there, yeah, Rico Abreu. Yeah, right. He, he he's a reason to watch now. So yeah, he he's going to give a new dynamic to the truck series. And that dude, I know a lot of he, people he knows how to buy. drive a race car. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of sure. people uh, give him flack just because he's not very tall. But what the guy lacks in <laughs> physical no, height, he makes up for, and apparently balls of steel because that kid can flat out flip no, and drive a race car and that's at the end of the day it doesn't matter how tall you are what you look like if you can drive like he can drive you've got something going on and the, he the kid is the real deal so the truck series if nothing else will be inter- entertaining this year because of rico abreu and um yep. we got the caution clock so it, it it is what it is we've got it and yeah, the caution clock's bull crap, but whatever. But I, 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 so I, I just don't get it. You know, that's a good. I, I already think I already think it's a entertaining series. It's the only one it is. So I don't know. Well, we got that, so that's a gimmick. But we also have a gimmick for the Xfinity series too. The Xfinity, at least, uh, I think there's four races this year that they are going to run heat races. So we're bringing some dirt racing into NASCAR and letting it trickle into the sport. And I think that's awesome that we're going to have heat races in the Xfinity races. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, the way I've read it, the way it's laid out, I don't. I think they're going to need to tweak it. Not because they're doing it incorrectly. With their, Basically what it is is like it, the spring Bristol race will be the first one. And guys that qualify odd-numbered are going to race like 75 laps. And the guys that are even numbered are going to race 75 laps. And then they're going to reline them for another 150 laps or something like that. Uh, It may not be the exact laps, but that's what they're doing. But the problem is if you crash, you're out of the race completely. They don't let you bring a new car back for the 150 lap race. And they are not paying points for the heat races. So I think... Part of what the one problem we're going to have with the heat races in the Xfinity is there's no incentive. Uh, I mean, you do want to have a good finish to be closer to the front, but it's almost like the um, the twin 150s at Daytona now. What incentive is there? 
you don't want to tear up your 500 car, so you just try to get a good finish and bring it home in one piece. There's no, uh, there's nothing there that's going to keep you from. There, there's nothing there that's going to make you want to push it. And if they would pay points, like for the top five, if they even gave like five points for winning one heat and then four, three, two, one, just those extra couple of points, the way the point structure is, I think would at least make some guys go for it a little more. I I love, love the idea of heat races. I'm not quite sure they're going to implement it right. Justin, what do you think? You know what? Uh, Nationwide or whatever it's called, Xfinity Series, whatever it's called now, Bush Series. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, anyway, it, you know, anything to make that series better, it's fine with me. I guess if it's going to be more like dirt, dirt track racing, I guess that's, that's fine. Like the truck series, it, it, it's a it's something that's why fix it when it's not broken. But the Xfinity series sucks. Honestly, the Cup series sucks too. So anything to fix it, I guess. Yeah, Andy. Uh, what, but, your- but 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 I I just hope they don't bring it to the top tier. We just guys, you know, leave that alone. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. Well, in a way. Right, I, I think there's ways you could do some stuff with the cup races too, but don't get a caution clock. I mean, those guys, th- those are the best drivers in the world. Well, you know, be yeah, besides you, you, F1, I guess there's a couple that I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't put in that category. So, Andy, right. what's your stance on the heat races? I I would probably go just maybe one step further on your idea with the heat races. I would go maybe say a quarter of what the points would be if you win you get that for winning the heat race and you know make the heat races an all or nothing deal and then you know for the rest of the race do like your regular points but and like you said if you wreck a car you know let them bring another car let them bring a backup car out and still run the race with the full field and give the fans what they came in there. I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, actually, mm, I know that it would be more costly to, uh, have to bring a backup car out. So I guess my proposal on that would be to allow the guys to try to fix their car to the, or if they blow it up to change the engine. I think if you blow it up or if you, you have like a mechanical failure, let them fix it. I think they probably should keep the car that they start the race with because of the technical inspections. And then there would be a thing where you could have guys drop out of a race on purpose to try to bring a backup car out. That's a fresh car for the second half of the race. And we would see all kinds of weird crap with that. But I think that they, they could let them, I don't know. It's, we're just going to have to see how that plays out. That's going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit different. I'm not exactly sure if they've thought all of those scenarios through on on what happens if you tear your car up in a heat race. It'll be interesting for sure. There's no doubt oh, about yeah. that. All right. So that's uh, that was point one tonight, which was I knew would be an interesting topic. Point two. Um, let's. Uh, what do we want to go to point two? Let's do Tony. Let's let's talk about Stewart. Um, Breaks his back this weekend in a dirt buggy accident out in uh, the Baja in California. And if the guy 
can't have any bad luck, he's got no luck at all right now because he's either, I mean, he's missed a lot of races the last couple of years, and this is his swan song. He's going out. He's done. I mean, there he is done after this year no matter what. Nobody's going to talk him out of it because he wants to go back and run a whole bunch of dirt next year, and I don't think they're going to – they won't allow him to do that while he's running Cup. So – He's hurt, though. He's, so he's going to miss Daytona. The, the, what I saw that he was walking around today, and probably best-case scenario is he's back around the All-Star race. So once again, Tony Stewart right in the center of another weird incident this year. Um, Justin, I know uh, I know you've been kind of vocal about this on the forum, so go for it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know I made an asshole comment about it saying, you know, Carmen's a bitch, but it's pretty crazy all the stuff that's happening to him. I mean, uh, like I said, you know, we don't need to talk about the whole incident a couple of years ago or, or whatever, but he, he just, um, man, I, I, I loved what he said about, Brian France too. I have to bring that bring that up too. Oh yeah. Told told him to, you know, he basically shove it. He he told told him to you you need to get more involved. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been saying that. I was saying that all year last year. Yeah. He told Brian France to suck old buck that he's going home. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Andy, what do you think of uh, this poor this the situation with Stewart right now? Okay. I like football. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way. I like football. Football would kill me if I was to try to play it. Now with Stewart, he likes dirt track racing. And anything that involved dirt seems to be wanting to kill him. He needs to give it up or do something different or I don't know, but it seems like every time he gets behind a wheel on dirt, somebody goes home hurt. To be fair, he was in the sand this time. So, <laughs> well, dude, he got sand in his with JJ. But either way, he he's not on pavement. <laughs> no, he wasn't on pavement. And if if you've read if you've read the actual recap by Don Perdome, uh, he basically gives the the story. And I'm not going to go over it verbatim, but uh, when they they discovered because apparently when they do this kind of thing, sometimes they'll peel off. And they'll be running in packs, but every once in a while, a guy will just kind of peel off, and they have a rendezvous point. And sometimes he said, you know, two guys will go this way, and two guys will go that way, but eventually they all get back together. And when they all show back up to this, wherever they was rendezvousing at, Stuart wasn't there, and he's like, well, I thought you was with Biffle, and Biffle said, well, I thought he was with Everham, and he wasn't with anybody. So about that they're, time, lu- they're lucky they didn't find him dead, well, honestly. About that time, they said that a... Uh, another group of riders come over the hill and said, one of your buddies is hurt. And they say, Oh crap. So they, they go back and uh, Stewart is laying beside his cart and he's got out on his own accord and he's laying in the sand because uh, apparently according to him, he thought he broke his ass. Like literally he, he couldn't hardly sit. It was his tailbone. He thought he had fractured his tailbone so he was laying in the sand, and Prudhomme said he was almost asleep. He said, 
You know, th- here's Tony Stewart laying in all his glory. He looks like a beached whale in the sand. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, but to Stewart was able to get up and walk into one of the buggies and kind of hold him. He couldn't sit, but he was able to hold himself up while they drove him back to the wherever they wherever they were rendezvousing at, and they got a helicopter to come in there and airlift him out. So he was always awake and alert. So all those stories that was flying around, it was, it's not really, I mean, yeah, it's bad what happened. I mean, a burst fracture in your vertebra doesn't sound all that fun and he had to have surgery, but they said he was up and walking today. So he's going to make a full recovery. It's just another weird saga in the history of Tony Stewart, weird sagas. That's, that's all I can say. Um, I still like I still like that he called Brian France out though. Oh yeah, I mean he threw down the gauntlet on him, and and the, he is going to be the most feared man on television this year because when when he does come back and they do talk to him, what is what can they do to scare him? He's leaving. He he's not. He's like the untouchable man this year. He's going to be going nuts. He he definitely I can't wait. It's basically like when you work for a company and you've done well enough to have that FU money. Well, he's got the FU money this year, basically. There's no doubt about that. So he, he can, uh, he's going to march to his own beat. All right. So what, uh, is there anything else that uh, come up in this off season that, that we, well, actually first, let's just quickly, who do you think's going to replace him, Justin? Um, any, any, uh, any, Guesses on who's going to be Stewart's replacement? Do you, do you think they might? They might. Uh, see, I get. I guess sponsorship reason they they can't have Boyer in there this year. I, that's what I would do. I don't care what the sponsorship. Yeah, just, Boy, just, they've got speed to work, that, speed that up. I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, work out some kind of a deal. I mean, if if Stewart does look like he can come back in May, say, listen, we're going to work out a deal. He's going to drive this car, but we're going to give you we're going to bonus you some money or have Stuart Haas just pay some of the sponsors off like five hour energy. Okay. Well, you're not going to have Boyer in the car, but you're, we're going to pay you some money back. You're still going to get the free publicity and you're going to be, David Reagan's going to be driving the car at least until May. What's wrong with that? Because Boyer's driving that car next year anyway. And he's bringing the, I'm sure he's bringing some of the sponsors with him. So it's not like it's, it's not like he's switching manufacturers or uh, it's all Chevys. And, and I know that those H Scott Chevys that Boyer's driving, and I don't care what they say, they can say that they're not Hendrick cars or not Stuart Haas cars. Those cars will, his cars at H Scott will be Stuart Haas cars. He's not going to, he's going to be it's using this thing. as a guinea pig. They'll put, they'll put a motor in there, the same, the same motor in there. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to have a good car regardless. Mm-hmm. So why not just go ahead and put him in for Stewart? But if they cannot get over the sponsorship hurdle, let's just assume they can't. Who would you put in the car? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea? Danica Patrick? No. Let, Martin Martin. Now, Mark Martin has already been approved, well, and he said that he is not coming back. Throw oh. more at him. I want to see Mark back in the car. I don't. I don't that, would, I think, that would be great if he did. Uh, Mark Martin, Jeff Burton, and Rusty Wallace have all declined interest in the car. I'm not really sure Rusty had. I'm not really sure they was interested in Rusty. That might have been something he dreamed up in his 
fantasy world. But if it was me, honestly, if you just look right down the rosters on who drives for who and knowing that they can't get a Toyota driver to drive a Chevy for a while, I think your best option is Justin Allgaier. He drove the 51 car. He had driven in cup for two years. He's a good driver, and he ran well in bad equipment. He's good. And he's going yep. to drive for Junior Motorsports full-time this year in Xfinity. That's who I would put in the car until Stewart gets back. Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, you know, like I said, this year he don't care anyway because it's his swan song. Give the kid a chance. I mean, see what he can do. Yeah, and if it's not him, I would maybe – I would either throw – if you wanted to throw a younger guy in there, I would either put Alex Bowman, who's also going to drive for Junior Motorsports, who got a James really raw Busher. deal. Uh, I think Busher, James Butcher. Does Busher drive a Chevrolet? I think he is. Uh, um, I don't know. That's a good question. Chris Busher drives for Roush, so he's in a Ford. But I'm not oh, sure what James Busher. We're, we're missing it. We're missing the perfect combination. Uh, put a brew in. Stewart's car. You can't. He's a Toyota. Why not? He's driving a Toyota. Toyota. Yeah. So? I, I well, and, and, I mean, as much as we like Abreu, you're it not, it would be, a, I mean, it would be, it, I really think Jeb Burton's not a bad driver. And it was career suicide for him to get into a bad cup car with no experience, even in Xfinity. He wrecked almost every race last year, and now he's damaged goods. There's no way that they would even consider putting Abreu in the car. You know, a lot of times it's all about timing, you know, like timing and, and you, you could, know, what, what gig you get. So you could go with a steady hand and put Sam Hornish jr. In the car, uh, somebody like that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't burn it up, but he wouldn't crash. So you, I don't know. I would, if it was me, I'd put Algar in the car. A, if it's, it's not Algar, I'd put just, or, uh, Alex Bowman in the car. If you can't work out a deal with either one of them, I, I don't really know where you where you turn. I mean, there's I guess there's always a possibility they would pay off Tommy Baldwin and grab Regan Smith for part of the year and then let him go back once he's done with that. I I don't oh, know. Oh shoot! How far turn it into a reality show and have them com- have like six people compete for the job? Yeah, we got time. Yeah, I mean, by the time they get done, Stewart will be back, but we'll, we'll have been well entertained by then. Uh, and let's call it NASCAR second chance. That's it, Andy. You had the perfect idea. We're going to grab yeah. Rick Wilson, Buckshot Jones, uh, Stephen Wallace. <laughs> um, let's bring Dave Marcus out of retirement. Ward Burton, just for the pure interview pleasure. Ward Burton. And uh, Morgan Shepard, did you Morgan, say that guy? Yeah, Morgan Shepard's still roller skating around the Xfinity. And Harry garage. Gant. And handsome Harry Gant. That's it. That's the seven. I mean, let's just get all those guys in, in Stewart's car and have a revolving door of drivers. And my God, will if there's nothing else to talk about in NASCAR, if we had that going on for the first half, first third of the year, I, I would. I, that would be enough just to keep me. That I would be pushed all the way through the end of the year. With with a lineup like that, yeah. If I had to guess, honestly, if I had to make a bet on it, I I think Tony. I I think he he might say screw it, not even race this year, be I done with it. He he might maybe he'll you know like next year 
have like a fourth car and maybe race the 500 next year and try it one more time and might fund that, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's not exactly sure what what he's going to do. I I think that he will go ahead and – and go through with uh, the season well, because he's got spot. He he does. I mean, yeah, I did, he's yeah. gonna keep the spot. But the biggest around. thing to him is is the five hundred. Let's be honest. That's the only thing he hadn't won. Yeah. I mean, at least you know, big race wise. Oh yeah. So we've got. Um, so we have that. That's the big uh, big topics going in from the off season, and going into this year is the oh and. Uh, Let's touch on this real quick before we're done. The low downforce package is coming in 2016, which I would normally have said, hallelujah, praise God. God, which I still am happy that it's coming. But I seen something the other day that made my heart completely just break in half. And that is the fact that um, Jimmy Johnson was interviewed at the Las Vegas test about three weeks ago, about 2016. And they were already, they're only half a second off of the speeds they were running last year. And he says by the time they get to probably about April, that the 25% horsepower, the 25% reduction in uh, downforce, they will have made up 20% of that by March or April. And by May, they will have out-engineered the downforce reduction, putting it exactly back to where it was last year. And the only saving grace that I will say for NASCAR is they were not happy to have heard that. And Steve O'Donnell said, if the teams are going to waste their money and out-engineer us, we will, and we will not hesitate to reduce the downforce further and try to bring it to where we need it to be, where there is no way they can out-engineer us. He said, so if they want to waste millions of dollars getting it right for us just to throw it down some more, then that's what we're going to do. But it did make me just like, really? They've, I mean, they, they announced this late last year, and the teams have already basically they, – they apparently, as of right now, they are 15%. They have recaptured 15% of the 25% they lost. They estimate they'll get another 5% by March or April – and then by the time they roll into the all-star race at Charlotte, they'll be right back to where they was last year. So I was like, well, that's just freaking wonderful. So Andy, um, you, I don't think I've talked to you about that. What, how, how does that make you feel? Does it tickle the cockles of your heart? It, honestly, if NASCAR would stick with that, if you could trust them to stick with that, to, you know, say, look, you know, you defeat what we've done. Eventually, we'll go down to where you ain't got no downforce on the back end and see how you can handle that. You know, keep going further and further until you find out who can, who's the real drivers and who can just maintain a car. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but I don't, I don't hold hope out for NASCAR just by their past record. But at the same time, I, I can maybe have a glimmer of hope, but we'll see what happens this year. Now we'll see what's going on, Justin. Um, what do you think about that? I I know I don't think I've talked to you about that either. Uh, just the the statement that they've already recaptured basically fifteen percent of the twenty five that they lost. I uh, I hope it's not true. That's all I can say. I, I was kind of excited about it. Obviously, you know, 
make the racing more exciting next year, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully they make adjustments. That's all I can say. Yeah, we'll, really not I mean, much we'll, we'll see that. what happens. There, there will be, and and there's going to be other stuff coming up through the year. At least some of the tracks have worn out pavement, and we'll have that. And then the some tracks are getting brand new pavement, like uh, Kentucky, like Kentucky, and Kentucky. Yes, they're rebanking yes, Kentucky, so and the excited. first turn and the fourth turn is going to be different. And I think there's even My, the possibility more, that we're we're going to have a loop inserted somewhere in the track. <laughs> well, it'd be more interesting this year, I guess. I mean, well, the Kentucky race last year. I have year, to go. No, I can't help well, it. I mean, the Kentucky race last right. year was the second best race of the year behind Darlington. So well, it was this year. You're right. So, yeah. uh, but with the repave, you usually one on a repave, it's one groove, but you know, with them, the way they're doing the banking and each turn is going to be banked different, it at least yeah. is going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Yep. All right. So, Chicken Pit fans, what we're going to do this year, like I said, Chicken Pit drive-bys mostly. We will do a preview show next week. And uh, unlike last year, we are not going to go over every driver in the field because, quite frankly, that was uh, torturous, even for, for us. I can't imagine what it was for you. So we're not going to do that to you. We're going to try to keep our shows basically 30 minutes, a quick listen, uh, keep you up to speed on what's going on, and uh, we'll do drive-bys when something weird happens and we need to spout off, and otherwise we'll basically do a once-a-month show where we uh, tackle the hot topics and what's been going on in the world of NASCAR. And if you're Hey, hey, hey Ricky, there's one thing I wanted to say. Uh, I, I think we... We'd be remiss if we didn't say anything about Barney Hall because he was a legend. Oh, my God. Yes, Barney Hall, the voice of MRN Radio. Yes. And when you say, I mean, Eli Gold I mean, was always on MRN, and I like Eli. And, yes. Uh, but yep. to me, um, MRN is Barney Hall and Newport, Tennessee's Jim Phillips. When, I, when you would hear those guys talk, Barney Hall was one of those guys that could paint – the picture of what was going on on the track in your head. And he's one of the yes. few guys that can do that. Uh, you didn't well, have to be seeing it to get what was going on on the track. Cause Barney Hall could bring it to you that way. When you listen to him, you, you honestly, you could listen to him like on the way home or whatever. And then when you got to where you could watch it on the TV, you were disappointed that it wasn't as good as his description. He can he can make I mean it was I don't know I don't know how to explain it other than he was a master with words. Yeah. Yes, he is. Especially I mean for as fast paced as that sport obviously is, it, it it was amazing to listen to him on the radio. I mean it was like at times I, I've said this all along. I mean some you know me being up. Yeah, you know, I know we always make fun of me because I'm the the Yankee, whatever, right? because there's not a lot of people that listen or watch NASCAR or whatever was a lot of times it was even better listening on the radio than it was watching on TV because of him period. Oh yeah. He was that, he was that good. I mean, he knew exactly what was going on. I mean, in, and you know, I mean, I know how hard, hard it is to be on the radio and it's amazing. I just thought I, I 
say something about him. Oh yeah, he, he's, he's a legend. There's very, no doubt about very it. Very glad you did. And, 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 and in memory of Barney Hall, let's do this real quickly. That's that actually is not going to work like I wanted it to because they said Barney Hall's last broadcast um, for MRN and unfortunately somebody put a video of a freaking fan camera at Daytona thinking that we could actually hear that. Uh, so not what I was actually trying to do. Go to YouTube if you're not familiar with Barney Hall. Go to YouTube. Top in Barney Hall. There's like a four minute tribute video that uh, they done when he passed away that has the the best sounds from Barney Hall over the years, and it's wonderful. And I'm not going to play a four minute clip here. Just type his name in YouTube; it's there. So, yeah, he was the best. He was There's no doubt he about was great. it. All right, so we're getting ready to kick off Daytona. Two weeks, the shootouts next weekend. We'll do a preview show of the season and preview the Daytona 500 next week. And uh, if you're a wrestling fan, we're also in, on a new endeavor. We have been doing. Smoky Mountain Wrestling podcasts for the past few months while uh, NASCAR's been gone, and that's that's fun, and it's on our uh, SoundCloud feed. So if you know where to find the Chicken Pit special, then you will see Fire in the Mountains. So if you like old school Tennessee wrestling, listen to that because we give you some good stuff every week and follow along with us there. So for the Hot Pocket, Andy Waddell, and the Keyboard Warrior, Justin Angel, this is Ricky Wittenberg, another Chicken Pit drive-by in the books.